Good morning. This is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the fourth Sunday of Advent. My name is Elliot Munn, and I'm the pastor here of the Virgins Congregational Church, an open and affirming congregation of the United Church of Christ. Know that whoever you are, wherever you are on life's journey, you're welcome here. Please rise and body our spirit for our call to worship. We are courageous when we are vulnerable. We are courageous when we are honest with ourselves. We are courageous when we extend words of welcome. We are courageous when we invite others to sit with us. We are courageous when we proclaim the love of God to a broken world. We are courageous when we say that love cannot wait. So let us be courageous. Let us worship holy God. Please join me in our prayer of confession. Gracious God, we long to be as courageous as Joseph brave enough to trust your call, and strong enough to hold on to one another. There are so many places in the world that could use our courage. You know them, but we do too. So when fear takes over, forgive us. When our knees shake and our words fail, forgive us. When self-hatred is easier than self-love, forgive us. When walls are more convenient than peace, forgive us. When pessimism is more convenient than hope, forgive us. When our comfort is more important than our neighbor, forgive us. You invite us to be courageous, forgive us. Amen. Beloved, in the eyes of God, you are whole, you are free, You are forgiven. Let us be gracious with others and with ourselves because God's grace has embraced us. Amen.
Our first uh, scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 10, verses 10 through 16. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, Is it too little for you to weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. Hear the word of God from the Gospel of Matthew. The birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just as he resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will name him Jesus for he will save the people from the sins. All of this took place to fulfill the word of the Lord through the prophet, who said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his dream, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but he knew her not until she bore a son. And Joseph named him Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A good puzzle is a family favorite at my house. Before my daughter Lydia was born, we would clear off the dining room table and devote it solely to a jigsaw puzzle until all the pieces fit together just right. As a wedding gift, a friend gave us a puzzle of the map surrounding our wedding site. Considering we were born, or we got married in the backwoods of Maine, it was literally a thousand-piece puzzle with just little green pieces with a few roads cutting through it. (laughs) That puzzle took weeks. Some people like to think of Scripture as a puzzle 
to be solved. Some passages come together quickly and neatly like a simple child's puzzle. Others are more impenetrable, right? More impenetrable than a monochromatic, double-sided, you know, puzzle. These challenging passages fascinate biblical interpreters of all different stripes. These interpreters comb through history or the world around them for details to assemble or at least organize the pieces. This approach has yielded faithful insights, fine scholarship, and some fantastic quackery. Our collective fascination with trying to see scripture as a full picture continues to draw us back for more. Our text from Isaiah that appears in part within our gospel reading is one of the most notoriously difficult. Isaiah tell Ahaz to ask God for a sign. The notoriously impious Ahaz tells Isaiah that he couldn't possibly put God to the test. Isaiah then tells him that God is sending him a sign anyway. Look, he prophesies, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. Some say Isaiah is referencing King Hezekiah. Meanwhile, the author of Matthew clearly believed the passage to offer a critical piece of information in the broader puzzle of Jesus' identity. And yet, what are we to think? Why would Isaiah speak so cryptically about a king's son or a child that was to be born nearly 700 years later? Perhaps this text isn't meant to come together neatly. If this text is in fact a puzzle, perhaps there are many ways that it can be solved. Whenever I read these words of Isaiah, God's vulnerability in choosing the sign of a mother carrying child strikes me. Those of you who have been part of a pregnancy know what a vulnerable time it is. An OBGYN once told me that it is amazing to consider the number of things that need to go right for a child to come into the world. Pregnancy can be harrowing for baby and mother. And so, in some ways, every child born is a sign of God's presence. It is this tenuous space where life and death feel so close together that God promises to be with us. The story of Joseph from Matthew picks up the vulnerability of God's sign and assigns it even more significance. God chooses to reveal God's self in Mary, a young woman who, by all appearances, has violated her betrothal contract. Joseph is, in fact, violating Jewish law by planning to dismiss her quietly instead of, as the texts say, exposing her to public disgrace. In this cultural context, one can only imagine his grief. 
following the old Greek translation of Isaiah that says a virgin rather than a young woman shall conceive, Matthew arranges the pieces of the story in a way that maximizes the vulnerability of this special child. Joseph receives this as a sign from God in a dream and claims the susceptible God with us child as his own. Making sense of this image of Joseph is challenging. It is easier for me to imagine myself as Mary, carrying God and sharing God with the world. And yet more often God comes to us in the vulnerability of another. And we must decide whether it is our call to accept this lot that isn't necessarily ours to carry. This is no small task. We all have plenty of things going on in our lives. Family drama, work trials, health issues, you name it. And God still comes to us in vulnerable persons. Perhaps a child, but maybe a person struggling with homelessness or addiction instead. And through this person, God offers us a gift of God's self to walk with that person and discover holiness in their presence is the essence of love. For years, I worked with a young man I'll call Xander. He could not show up to anything on time. And the sheer indifference of his facial expressions let you know that there were countless places that he would rather be than with you. In fact, he once showed up to a ski trip, or the, um, showed up not to the ski trip, but the bus or the car ride to the ski trip, two hours late, despite repeatedly, repeatedly telling me he was almost there. Once he arrived, he hardly said a word to me for the four hours from the back seat of the car. I missed nearly the entire evening with the other kids. And yet, when he got on skis the first time the next day, this melancholy teen lit up. It sparked his sense of adventure, and he just couldn't stop smiling, even when he had a mouthful of snow. When I gave him my extra helmet and goggles and coffee hour the next week, He thanked me with as much enthusiasm as he could muster around any group of people. The eye contact alone was a way of saying that he just couldn't wait to go again. Should I have waited 30 minutes, let alone two hours, to take Xander on that trip? Absolutely not. That's textbook bad boundaries and enabling behavior. Yet my waiting began to piece together a bond between Xander and me. He was still late to everything, and by far the moodiest kid I have ever worked with. And yet, it felt worth it. To catch him in a moment of joy sparked something in me reminiscent of how God must love me. Perhaps it did that for him, too. 
God's love is not contingent upon us being perfect. And God does not offer us people to love in perfect circumstances either. God's love usually shows up in our lives and encounters that feel like risks. God comes to us and we calculate the cost of such vulnerability. We're just like Joseph in that way. The vision the angel offered him was not what interpreters of Isaiah had predicted for hundreds of years. And it surely challenged his own expectations. Paradoxically, the exalted path is also the humble one. We can feel the tension between what we think is best for us and what God is calling us to do for love. To our eyes, God's invitation to love can look a whole lot like two jigsaw pieces that just won't fit together. We may be prepared to jam them together if we feel like that's what we have to do. But then when we go down to press them into place, they simply fit. But when they finally do, as if our whole world is coming together just right. Amen. continue in the spirit of prayer. Holy God, as we approach the longest night of the year, it already feels as if winter is here in Vermont. Snow is piled high on the ground, the cold is biting, 
and the darkness is settled in and made itself comfortable. While we give thanks for the gifts of the season, the crackling warmth of a fire, the gentle rest of a cool, dark bedroom, and the beauty of a backyard blanketed and fresh snow, we could use the light of your love to guide us when the darkness is simply too much. We long for our Emmanuel, your very presence, to join us. We pray for your wisdom as we live on earth and with your earth. Evoke in us awe for your goodness in the land, that the powers you have placed here to move through soil and air will remind us always of your bounty and love. We pray for the leaders of governments in every nation, that they may have wisdom to choose what serves the common good. We pray for all those we too easily forget, the vulnerable whom you continue to make yourself known through. Care for them, that they may be strengthened by your joy and your healing. We pray for those with whom we share our daily lives, those with whom we work and play, those whose names we do not know who provide for us, that we may all be renewed in courage and nurtured in hope. Gracious God, while you are powerful and all-knowing, you are not afraid to approach us in vulnerability. You come to us in the hungry, the thirsty, and lost, the naked, sick, and imprisoned, and the neediness of children, offering us a taste of your overflowing love poured out for others. Prepare our hearts for the precious new life that finds us in the most surprising places, as it did in Bethlehem years ago, in Christ Jesus, who later taught us to pray. Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Loving God, you bless us with many gifts. You retrieve us from despair and fear. You visit us with surprising proclamations, and you intend for us good things. We thank you for your steadfast love, for sending signs of assurance, and for the gift of faith. Use our gifts to bring comfort and justice to those in need, reforming the ways of our world for the sake of new life. In Christ we pray. Amen. peace, to love God and your neighbor as yourself, and may the light of Christ this Advent lead you to love. Go forth with God's blessing. Amen.